Welcome to the Football Economy, the podcast that explores the business side of the world's most popular sport. Join us as we take a deep dive into the economics of football and how it shapes the game we love. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back, guys, to the Football Economy podcast, the show where we know everything to do about football and no one can tell us. We think we do. We think we do. We know everything, everything. Um, But yeah, we're Bilal, the main host. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening, subscribing, showing us love across the social media world. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Today, we're going to jump off with something that broke off right out the bat. It's Maguire. His transfer to West Ham has just fell through. Uh, Bilal, can you give us an update on that? Yeah, you know what? This is interesting. Um, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday morning. United played Wolverhampton Wanderers last night and Maguire was on the bench. Um, people that are not in the loop, Maguire agreed, uh, Manchester United agreed a fee with West Ham for £30 million on Thursday, Friday last week. Personal terms were agreed. But it looks like the deal, the saying is fallen through. But I think it's a bit of tactics from both sides of West Ham and from Harry Maguire. So Harry Maguire's got about two years left on his current contract. He's on about 190 grand a week. If he goes to West Ham, he's going to be on 100 grand a week. So the difference works out to be about 9 to 10 mil over two years, give or take. So he's going to... Normally transfers, what happens is the player wants uh, that to be made up. Sometimes the buying club makes it up. Sometimes the... Selling club will make up the difference. Sometimes the player can wave it and say, I just want to play. And because they've not been able to agree this, the saying is broken on over 7 million and West Ham are pulling out. I think they're just putting pressure on Manchester United because the tactic is to get United to pay the full 9, 10 mil of, his, of the wages. And every club has to do this when they're selling a player. So I personally think what will happen is he'll end up going regardless because it's a World Cup year his place is under threat. And why not go? Why why get this level of abuse constantly? The guy doesn't even play, he gets abuse. He sits on the bench, he gets abuse. He breathes, he gets abuse. You know, I feel sorry for him. You know, it's not his fault to a point. Uh, the, the, the bits he has got control over, which I think he should take more control, control over, is that, look, it's not worked for whatever reason. You're a good player. Right, you are a good player, right? Go to a club where you're gonna play regular, you're not under as much scrutiny, your family are not looking at this constant abuse you're getting online. Oh, play your natural game, they're making you captain, play for England, you win win, right? You know, a normal person doesn't earn a hundred grand in five years, you're gonna earn a hundred grand a week, just go. You know, it's always oh, about the if it's about the money, then just sit on the bench. Right? Sit on the bench, they'll keep you on the bench, you don't have no problem. On paying players top money, keeping them on the bench, no problem. Look at Pogba, they just let him go. But go somewhere where they want you, you'll be appreciated. You're going to play regular games in Europa League. You know, it's a good standard. You're going to be captain, less scrutiny on you, and it's better for you and your family. And I think sometimes agents get involved. His agents are quite notorious for this, and it's bad advice. You know, right, you, you'd like to say we're not paying you seven. West Ham saying we're not going to make up the seven mil, right? What do you do? If that was me, I'd just say, forget about it. I'm just going to go and play. 100 grand a week is still a lot of money. You know what I mean? You're still going to earn a lot of money, but you're going to be able to play as well. So I think he's been advised wrong. Hopefully, this gets resolved quite soon. He moves on. And I wish him all the best. Sitting on the bench can't be good for his, for him skill-wise as well. Like. No, he's a good player. He's a very good player. He's not. 
he's not a, he's not a player for Manchester United, but he is a good player. Yeah. Right. You know, especially for a team like West Ham, balls coming in the box, he's exceptional in the air. You know, they don't play a high line. He'll he'll fit in very well. They want to make him captain. Go. Fantastic stadium, fantastic club. You play Euro European football. What, what what's there not to love? Instead of getting rusty on the bench. Yeah, rusty on the bench. You're getting abused for no reason. And you know what? He's got family, he's got a sister, mother, and constantly seeing that it's not good. You don't see that side of things, is it? When your family gets abused every week and Well, no, they're not you know, it's not yeah. good. You become a meme, it's not good. Move on. All the best to him and hopefully they get that resolved. Hundred percent. So Liverpool's transfer, yeah, at the moment. Liverpool transfer. This is, you know, before we were even going to do this podcast this week, and I followed the drama on this, and on on Friday, is I think Thursday or Friday this happened. Where do we start with this one? You know, Liverpool were renowned um, for doing deals quick and being efficient in the transfer market. I've got a lot of Liverpool friends who who who. Put the blame at Jurgen Klopp uh, for letting this happen. And what's happened is Liverpool got rid of about eight players in the summer. A lot of them were midfielders and they needed to replace them. So they started the market well. They bought McAllister from Brighton. They bought the guy from Red Bull whose name I cannot say. And um, what's happened is they needed a defensive midfielder. I think they need another two really, but okay, they need one more. And they were after Lavia. Southampton wanted 50. It went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Somehow Liverpool of them thought, you know what? We want Casado. But everyone, I know, oh, you know, we know this. Casado has been on the market all summer. The reason no one's touched him is he. everyone knows he wants to go to Chelsea. Right? Even And then what's happening? Liverpool are coming, right? We're going to give 110 mil. Friday, Thursday night, like 110 mil fee accepted because Chelsea couldn't also agree. With Brighton. Friday morning, Klopp goes, yeah, he agreed. And Klopp got pushed. And you know what? I'm a United fan, but I felt a bit sorry for him. Because he, he he's a respectable guy. And, and you can tell he felt embarrassed because he said he'll never buy a £100 million player. And if he does, he'd leave football. Really? He's bought, he was about to buy a £100 million player. He had to apologise about that comment. This was when United bought Pogba at the time. And he he obviously thought the deal was done. He's announced it. And then Chelsea has gone in and the player doesn't want to go to Liverpool. So then it looks like the, he's going Chelsea now and Liverpool have been are, are in limbo. And then Chelsea go, right, we're going to have Lavia that you've been negotiating for six weeks. We're going to come and take him as well. And it's very, very bad planning. It's a very, very bad um, organisation. Even their director of football, that's Klopp's friend. He's been in the job, I think, only for the summer. They're in trouble. And I think if you watch the overlap, hopefully if you're watching this on YouTube, we'll put the overlay on this, is well, Gary Neville says this very well. They're shopping in the £50 million market. You know, they, they, and if they had a £110 million, they should have, and, and Lavia was your first choice, you should have just put the extra three in and got the player in early. You saw against Chelsea yet on Sunday, they needed a defensive midfielder. And if you had £110 million to spend, you should have gone for Kaiseido way early. So it's just been really, really bad planning from them. And I, I, I think they're going to be in a trip because even if they get, now they're going back to Tehran this morning and Liverpool fans are low. Tehran was somebody they looked at throughout the summer from France. And they didn't um, look they're a good team, but um, it doesn't look good the way they've handled this and it's quite embarrassing. Um, yeah. 
And you want to integrate your new players in as early as possible. Yeah, because Latvia, no one was in for them until Chelsea popped up this Friday and thought, right, if you're going to have Casado, we're going to get both. They had two, three weeks to sort that out. They didn't sort that out. They've then gone in limbo. And now you've got two weeks before the window. A player that was 40 is now going to cost 50 because everyone knows you're going to, you need the player. Now everyone knows you've got 110 mil. Right, the mm. cost is gonna go. It's really bad planning. The markets are all over the place. Yes, Todd Bowley. Oh. Todd Bowley's the G that blew the market up. <laughs> Talk to us about Todd Bowley. So Todd Bowley's a uh, 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 what can I say? He makes the Saudis look poor. <laughs> <laughs> Todd Bowley, uh, look, he's spent like eight hundred mil on players, mm. but I don't know what players he's bought because this <laughs> looks terrible. Yeah. But Todd Bowley is an interesting um, the group. I think I forgot. I think they call Carlisle Group. I might be wrong, but that the investment group itself, they've come in to play hard. You know, they've spent a lot of money. Um, they want to build a certain style of team. I was looking at them on Sunday, and and they looked to me like Bar Sterling, Bar Fernandez in the middle, Enzo Fernandez. I thought they looked like a team that just got promoted. And were just running on pure energy and vibes. They weren't like <laughs> he. They've gone from. Chelsea were renowned for being a defensive, very good, uh, uh, you know, even up until Tuchel, defensive structure, gritty, and they've gone into this new direction and no one knows what to expect. And that's because of Todd Bowley. He's come in, 100 million, he's the one that made the 100 million pound defensive midfielder because he went and paid 100 mil for Enzo Fernandez, who six months earlier cost 10 mil. Oh, so then he went for 100 mil. Then Arsenal, then West Ham, where if he's 100, Declan Rice is 100. And then Brian said, fuck this. This casino's better than all of them. He's 110 mil. So Todd Bowley just blew the market up. He's obviously uh, spending, but God knows, because some of the players he's bought, I was looking at think, I don't think they're that good. So is some of the player price inflation due to just just stupidity and mismanagement? Yes, stupidity, right? Because one person set up the benchmark for a player who's not... You Keep in mind, you're not buying prime Casemiro for 100 mil. Yeah. You're buying a player from uh, Portugal for uh, 100 mil. So you're buying potential. So others are saying, well, this guy's got potential. He's got better stats than him. He's played... Casido's played the Premier League. He can play right back. So they said he's he's worth it. Declan Rice, who in my opinion is a fifty million pound player, but look, he he's been bought for one hundred ten, one hundred and five. West Ham, well, he's one hundred and five. So right. then, then what's happening is West Ham are now going and trying to buy a player, Scott McTominay or Conor Gallagher. Them clubs saying he's worth fifty mil. Scott, Mc, I can see this. Scott McTominay's a better player than Gall Conor Gallagher, but yeah. So play, but as the window comes to a close, or it's getting close to the deadline. The prices are going to go high. And to another uh, player who ruined the market in his time and is also classed as world class by some is Neymar. And he's gone, With to, he's gone to Saudi. We've done a lot of videos on Ah, oh, I love Neymar. You know, love Cole him. thinks he's a world class player. I think he has ability, but he's not a world class player. I think it's a sad end to his career mm. because you, you, if you want to be world class, you don't go Saudi. It's just fucked, you know. He's gone there for the money. PSG couldn't be bothered with him. His attitude stinks. You know, he 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 wants to be an influencer. He takes time off for his sister's birthday. What the myth is, he does that. And now money came. Well, look, look, look at Neymar. No top Premier League team or in Europe was touch was touching him. Fact. 
No, you you could have done a deal where PSG just paid the money for him, yeah. and you could have took him. Nobody touched him. How bad is that? Nobody touched him, right? Then he's ended up in Saudi, which is not even a top seven European league level wise. And he's going to finish his career there. He's gone for the money. Yeah, by the end of the day, you're Brazilian. You know, you don't come for the money. You come to make a mark. You know, I remember players like Kaká, Ronaldinho, R9. You know, these guys are next level of player. And now Neymar, he's gone for the money. If he wants to go for the money, he might be a crypto investor. Do you know what I mean? If you want to win for the money. If you want to be world class, you play the top league. Like Mbappe, he's going to extend till 2025. Why? You're 25. By the time you go to... By the time you go to Spain, you're going to be 26. You have a bad season. You have an injury. You're out for one or two years. You're 27, 28. The game's going to go. Your leg, his speed will go. So these players are getting bad advice. Bad, bad advice. Yeah, I've seen Mbappe reintegrate into the team, but I hope he doesn't sign because that's just a bad end for his career as well. Like, it's an He needs to yeah. go. You know, um, he needs to go. Madrid... I don't think want to pay for it. They want him for free. It's just these players get really bad advice. You know, financially they get bad advice. They, I don't understand what players want to be. But I sometimes it's all about the money. If it's about the money, then you're going to be in situations where you're going to get a stick. You know, like Harry and White is all about the what about about the money. But he's on a hundred grand a week regardless. Uh, West Star, I don't think you realize how much money. Yeah, hundred grand, right? He's going to lose like grand a week. So, you know, always what about the money? All right, sit on the bench, take the heat then. Take the heat, right? If you're going to take the heat, don't whinge then. Right? Then don't go on about mental health then. You have to take responsibility as well, right? As an individual, think, shit, this is having a bad impact on me. My wife's seen me get abused daily. My mum's seen it. You know, my kids think, I'm like, I need to get out of this. I'm still getting 100 grand a week, yeah. 400 grand a month. You know, if we get, uh, you know, they'll have bonuses. Oh, well, what's the issue? And you move to London, which is not a much. Yeah, mate, you play regular, it's less scrutiny. Yeah. And these players get Bad, but also short career, but he's still earning four or five times, sorry, hundred times more, thousand times more what the average person earns. Just manage your money better. Go and play the game. I love that. <laughs> so um, recently I read an article on the Cardiff chairman and how he influenced club value. Uh, he was um he was he played he played a huge part on helping the Glee. Yeah, so so yeah. this was an interesting article that came on Sunday where um, the Cardiff chairman uh, was on about club valuations yeah. and he was on about how championship clubs are now valued at 10 times their value. So, like, I think it was Cardiff that were, like, 20 or 30 million pound value. You can get a 90 million pound valuation from them mm. because American investment bankers are really looking at the, the British game, you know. And the interesting thing about the British game is back compared to other countries, you can go down to non-league football and still see it crowds of a thousand two thousand yeah. you know it's it's, it's, it's it, you see with Wrexham you know people want to get involved and he was saying that um, and his role was he was one of the influential people that helped the Glazers purchase Manchester United back in 2004 or 5 what yeah. it was and he was saying that the Manchester United will be sold for 7.2 7.3 billion pound or euro or dollars I'm not sure and the interesting thing is um, a lot of people are taking it um, quite seriously because he will have good connections with the top top brass at Manchester United you know and number two is um, for a person like that to come out and say something that is interesting look this we started this podcast based on the takeover mm. we're still in August I think you know if it gets past November 
it'll be interesting that there is no takeover, but something's going to have to give, and we'll find out very soon. I've seen something on Twitter that said the Qataris have bought United. Is that just false? Was I just reading Well, false? no, yeah, it's false. You can't oh, really right. do that because of the way it's listed on the New York Stock Exchange. They're a Cayman Island company. There's rules and regulators. SEC in America have to know first. Mm. You have to announce this. You can't, it, in the Twitter world, the Qataris are bought it. They're running the transfer window. You know, they're in charge. I was seeing a thing where the kit launch, the white one, where had Roy Keane, the red is the Qatari red. Yeah. There's hints. If you look at the Mason Mount signing, he had the Arabic uh, Middle Eastern kind of rug. The, the dropping hints, no, it doesn't work like that. This is not Walt Disney, right? The way this works is, when a deal is struck, you'll know 20 minutes before because a press statement will be go out and the SEC have to be informed first. And there's a process, if the Qataris buy, want to make it private, to take the, to take the public and the shares off the market. And they'll have to follow that. It'll come from the stock exchange first. It won't be Roy Keane announcing in a video with a Qatari red. You know, some people are like, I see, I see, and I hear guys tracking Sheikh Jassim's father, yeah. um, his father's jet that he's in America. No, he's here. He's in here. He's here. There's Heathrow. He's here. There's a three-mile gap between the airport and um, Rain Group's office. Is going down. You know, it's really crazy. I've, I've studied it a lot, how funds are changing and how they are monitoring and how the, it's gone from pub talk to Twitter spaces, Discord, and how to they try piecing it together and X, Y, Z, and the fantasy of the, the transfer window and the takeover window is, 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 a, is a world in itself. You know, I was looking at Fabrizio Romano, I'm going to digest like, yes, boy. Somebody like that who tweets regularly earns 83 grand a month on Twitter alone. You're joking. Yeah, so earns 80 grand a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minimum. No, a month. A month. Yeah, still. So, And that's the world we're living in. It's changing. So with the takeover, you just see so many different aspects. And this is happening on retract his this. And oh my God, have you seen Roy Keane? He paused in a way that the Qataris pause. And why is Keane doing a promo again after 20 years? The Qatari said we want players and what this is happening and you think, mate, only if. I love the Twitter conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. Is... You know, you see loads. You well, see... How would you round up this whole past couple of weeks in football? I think it's been crazy, you know, big up Todd Bowley for blowing the market up. But yeah, it's been crazy. I think the next two weeks are going to be crazy because the transfer window coming to a close. And I think a lot of fans overreact. I think the best thing to do is judge the window when it closes and you'll know who your club was. This time last year, United got pumped by Brighton. They're about to get pumped by Brentford. And look how their season changed. Well, that's all we have for this Yes, week. it's thank been a pleasure, guys. Make sure you follow us, subscribe, and thank you so much.